Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Childhood experiences, both positive and negative, have a tremendous impact on a person's future. Their health, quality of life, opportunities, and capacity are all decreed, so to speak, by these experiences. As such, early negative experiences are an important public health issue. Much of the foundational research in this area has been referred to as the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, or ACE. Dr. Rob Anda, formerly from the U.S. Center for Disease Control and now a principal with the ACE Interface, is one of the nation's leading researchers on adverse childhood experiences. The premise of the original study, completed in the late 90s, was to gauge the impact of various childhood adverse experiences in the context of their current health status. This study set in motion hundreds of additional research and related program initiatives continuing to this day. The original ACE study revealed the top adverse childhood experiences were classified in the following two overarching categories. First, acts of commission as in child abuse. The second category is the acts of omission, child neglect. A recent survey in Michigan contains several outcomes that parallel the national study. Reading the ACEs report was not uplifting to me. In fact, it was emotionally difficult. I recognize whether the actions of omission or commission, food insecurity, one of the ways children are harmed is unacceptable circumstance for any child. History, if nothing else, is prologue and gives us insight into our future. There is a parable in ancient literature that describes a man on a journey who was beaten, robbed, and left to suffer. Three men, a religious leader, a rich man, and a person of questionable ethnicity and reputation all walked by the victim at different times. The first two men pass by on the opposite side of the road, and the third man stops to help. This is called the Samaritan Principle. The first responsibility of leadership is to define reality, and the test of leadership is to create positive chain out of that reality. Ignoring or denying the reality or severity of an adverse childhood experience, such as childhood food insecurity in our community, is not appropriate behavior. We simply cannot just walk by the other side of the road and ignore the reality of people or places. Instead, Regardless of how or why children find themselves in this dire circumstance of food insecurity, we as people, individuals, communities, cities, states, and as a nation have a moral imperative to intercede in that child's life. Whether we do or we don't says more about us than it does about them. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Come back and join me, our co-host Jerry Brisson, and Mr. Rick Murdoch of the Michigan Association of Health Plans to discuss adverse childhood experiences right here on WJR. Welcome back to Food for Thought, sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson, and our guest, Jerry, is Rick Murdoch, 
who is uh, who's associated with the Michigan Association of Health Plans, and he is there as the ACE uh, Initiative Grant Coordinator. Rick, welcome to Food for Thought. Uh, thanks for having me today. It's great. So I guess probably the first thing is let's just uh, jump in the deep end of the pool here, Rick, and tell us why the Michigan Association of Health Plans have, has an ACE initiative and what ACE stands for and uh, what the background for this might be. Sure. Uh, first of all, ACE uh, refers to Adverse Childhood Experience, or ACE, uh, and it's a, uh, it relates to a, a study that took place uh, in the late 1990s uh, when it was first uh, published. Uh, it, it's an uh, epidemiological study that took place between the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente Health Plan. Uh, in California, and it uh, reviewed uh, the records of and interviews with over 17,000 uh, individuals or patients uh, with uh, Kaiser Permanente, and it it identified it was looking to relate the uh, uh, experiences or adverse experiences these individuals had as a child with their current health status. And it was a groundbreaking study, and it's been replicated in a number of states, including Michigan. In fact, we're um, updating the Michigan ACE uh, study through the uh, State Department of Health and Human Services yet this fall. Um, but it, but it, it, it is just uh, profound. Uh, it, it indicated uh, there were uh, about 36, maybe 37% of the population had no adverse experiences, but you reverse that and you have 60, 65% that did. And that's true in Michigan as well as other states. And where it really gets to be profound is when individuals will have four or more of these adverse experiences because then the impact on health care, future health status becomes significant. And what's I think more important is this issue of adverse childhood experiences is really about toxic stress that uh, children feel and the impact it has on brain development and their ability to to uh, uh, deal with issues both uh, within the the environment and future issues in healthcare. Um, it, it leads to addictive behavior and, and uh, some of the other decision-making that the individuals have. And it's been borne out now by neurological and epigenetic studies that show how the brain develops or doesn't develop based upon toxic stress. So, so that, that, that's kind of a background. Uh, one can simply go online and read, uh, just type in a study or doctors and uh, ANDA or Folletti, uh, and there's a wealth of material that's online. Where we got to it in Michigan was uh, we're looking at uh, issues related to health care, cost of health care, and things of that nature. And that's where the Michigan Association of Health Plans got involved. I was still the executive director at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've since retired, and I'm doing this as, as a uh, consultant with the association to manage this grant form. Um, but we're, we're, you know, looking at it from a, a health care issue 
uh, and where folks should make investment of time, resources, and energy if we're truly interested in improving the health condition of our citizens, mm. both current and future. And this requires, you know, from everything that we're looking at, a generational investment of time. But first, we need to make people aware of, of adverse experiences and its relationship. You know, so, so that's where the association be, uh, was interested in being involved. That's over a year and a half period. We were funded uh, last year by the Michigan Health Endowment Fund to uh, uh, lead a, a two-year project to build uh, greater awareness, uh, create mm-hmm. some training, uh, education, and uh, social media presence on this issue. So we're, we're about six months into that process. That's exactly how we heard about you, Rick. Yeah. Um, I just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Rick Murdoch, who is the uh, uh, ACE Initiative Grant Coordinator for the Michigan Association of Health Plans. And um, Rick, what you've done there is just kind of lay out the groundwork and really the background for this ACE initiative and uh, adverse childhood experience. And uh, we're really excited because um, we see this in our work regularly. And one of the course, the, the adverse childhood experience that we see most of all is food insecurity uh, among our children. And as you talked about, how their brains develop, or in this case, how their brains do not develop. And what does that look like in 20 years down the road when we're talking about workforce development? But my co-host, Jerry Brisson, is here with me. And um, he is uh, chomping at the bit to ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> so let's go back to Jerry and let him ask you a couple of questions, and we'll pick this up. Great. You know, I, I, I don't think I can let the moment pass and just react a little bit to um, the reality of abuse, neglect, and household defunct dysfunction and the number of people experiencing that. And just to say, you know, that's really um, a sad commentary on some of what kids go through and you know it's easy to get to a certain place in life and and take for granted that people have had you know enough development positive development experiences to just pick themselves up from their bootstraps and yet you know this is absolute evidence that shows some people just haven't and it's good to be mindful of um, you know when you're in front of another person you don't know what they've experienced and and here we have 60 to 65 percent of those interviewed have had really awful trauma in their life and so just to be mindful of that and and um, you know just remember the things we can be grateful for if we haven't had to experience that I mean so I just don't want to let that moment pass it's a very it's powerful a very significant and sobering yeah and, and Jerry uh, Phil exactly in fact one of the more intrinsic values of the study for anyone who really gets into it is once once you've seen the data it changes how you think about health care. It changes uh, what you think about the delivery system and what we pay for and, and the impact of this. You can't leave it alone after that. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about it at this point in time. It's sort of like, you know, I missed the study. I, I'm a graduate uh, in, in public health. And this is a landmark public health study. I missed that study a number of years ago, but now it's it's becoming uh, a fruition of it is coming into play, and folks are having more research being done. This has been probably the most peer-reviewed 
study and uh, and and related studies there's hundreds of of uh, pieces of literature now on on the adverse childhood experience so the data is solid it's been reaffirmed by the by the neurological studies so it, it we can't ignore that and you're absolutely right some people can make it through and yes they they had a you know a life experience but others need help and and part of what we need to do is create that awareness and then build the uh, supporting systems within our society well and and so the purpose of this show, Food for Thought, is to change the conversation about food security in South in Michigan, in the whole state of Michigan. I'm I'm a Southeast Michigan guy, but the whole state. And part of the reason we're trying to change the conversation is because there's things people just don't know, and and one of the things that we claim is that it's cheaper to solve hunger then to not solve hunger and solve everything else that's created by not solving it, right? And so one of the points that, that, that you know, this kind of study helps us to make is that, look, when you leave toxic stress in the household and you do nothing about it, over time you're going to pay something <laughs> to fix the problems that are caused. And the more we know about what that cost actually is, the more we can drive support for the idea that let's take these these fundamental issues that create this toxic stress off the table for these households so that Kids can grow up in a, in a in a more positive environment, have less of these negative experiences, and as a community, then not only is it a happier place to live, but you end up saving a lot of money down the road. So let me let me interrupt. You guys are having a great show here, <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate you both very much. But I need to take a break and pay some bills here. So we're going to come back here on Food for Thought uh, with Rick Murdoch, Jerry Brisson, me, Dr. Phil Knight. We'll be back in just a moment. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Once again, here's Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. Jerry Brisson is in the studio with me, Dr. Phil Knight, and on the phone with us is Rick Murdoch. He is the ACE Initiative Grant Coordinator for the Michigan Association of Health Plans. And ACE stands for the Adverse Childhood Experiences that uh, many children, as we've heard in this last segment, uh, some 65% of the population have had. And uh, Rick, I think that you have a point right here that you'd, you'd need to make for just to clarify um, this startling statistic about how many people who and where they're at have have experienced an ace yeah yeah i I think it's worthy to you know make sure people understand that ace aces are common uh they spread through gender so it doesn't matter male or female you know in some categories all females are going to be more in all in some categories all males are but you know there's by and large no difference uh income strata it it really doesn't matter because it it happens regardless and geography so when you look at those factors just put them aside because they're common you know we we have to look at it uh, on a more of a population base or a statewide base and uh, you know, take uh, you know appropriate actions as as with that as a point of context. 
Exactly. Rick, I've been reading your blog uh, in preparation for having you on the show, and uh, I'd like to point you to the one from uh, July 17th. And uh, give you a chance, if you would, tell everybody how they can find out more about ACE, and then we'll. We, I'd like to talk to you about your your blog. So, how, if somebody's interested about uh, an ACE or are learning more about the study and learning more about Michigan Association of Health Plans and and why you guys are involved in this, uh, how can they find out more information? Yeah, I'm going to give you three sort of links, if you will. Uh, one would be if, if anyone's just generally interested in the adverse childhood experience, just go on to the web and type in ACE study, A-C-E study, and you'll pull up more information, links to the original study, plus a lot of uh, reference material. So that's, that's point one. Point two, the... Uh, initiative we're under is called the Michigan ACE Initiative. So one can just type in on the website Michigan ACE Initiative, just three words, and that'll pull up both the website for the Michigan Association of Health Plans uh, as well as the Facebook page if folks are on Facebook uh, and get that information. And the third, uh, if you just want to go on the website itself, uh, it's mahp.org backslash ace-grant. And those those three links will get, uh, I think, most of the information. And it also has a a space for those who want to be part of our network and to continue to receive information and be uh, part of some of the uh, either discussion groups or training that's going on or be involved with uh, some of the uh, documentaries out there. Interestingly, there there is uh, a, a recent documentary that was produced by James Redford, who's Robert Redford's son. It's called Resilience. Mm. Uh, it came out last year at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, we, we showed it for the first time in Michigan late last year, and now we have uh, license to show it as part of our initiative. But it highlights not just the ACE study and some of the issues related to it, but also what, uh, you know, some resilience or issues where actually communities can come together and make a difference. So, you know, it it gives you the dark side, if you will, of the data, but also the bright side in terms of, you know, how we can address these issues. And I think that's what we need to focus on is, you know, kids are resilient if they have half a chance, and, and we just need to give it to them. Exactly. Uh, Rick, let me, let me point you to uh, your website there, which is that you shared with us, mahp.org. Um so there is a, a blog you've written there, and it's the most recent one, I think, July the 17th. Yeah. And there's a section of the blog there that talks about the public health code. Sure. Can you help us understand a little bit why that's important and even strategic to, uh, to treating and helping communities uh, with who are, have rampant ACE um, people in their community that are dealing with this, this adverse situation? Sure. Yeah, I I think fundamentally, you know, 
for programs to work, they have to emanate from the bottom up. I, I think each community is going to arrive at its solution for addressing these type of problems, but we can't ignore what the state can do in terms of uh, enhancing or reinforcing messages or setting a, a context for conversations or, or even allocation of resources if that becomes an issue. And what I was trying to point out in the blog was, you know, we don't really need statute or new legislation. We just need to take what's already in play and, and implement it in a way I think the original writers of, of the statute, in this case it's the Michigan Public Health Code, uh, intended. And what I was referring to in my blog is, is a provision of the, of the Public Health Code that requires the department, in this case it's now the Department of Health and Human Services, to develop a list of the most important health care issues of the state on an annual basis, and then for the legislature to receive that and appropriately make funding allocations. And what I've tried to indicate is over the years, what's been identified as the most important health care issues probably doesn't resonate with what other people would think. So, and this is a great opportunity, I think, to call attention to that particular part of the public health code and to suggest that perhaps a placement of addressing adverse childhood experiences should be within that list of most important health care issues. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, then we start to create that thread of uh, conversation throughout a number of, of programs that the state's involved with. And I, I wouldn't I would suggest we not stop at the public health code. There's other parts of legislation that can be dealt with. But it's simply looking at we have provisions in place. We don't need to go and create new legislation. Let's just look at what we have sure. and be creative in what, how we can implement it. Excellent. Excellent. You know, it's an interesting point to um, the, the number of things. We just had someone on the show uh, talking about uh, the flooding that happened and and all the things that have been put in place to to respond to emergencies and that the ability to respond to emergencies is predicated on your preparation ahead of time, right? So what reminds me what you just said about the code already being there and we need to be reminded about what's there, it reminds me, again, of the preparation, if you will, that we've already done to prepare for these kinds of things, and that now we've got to do the next step in the preparation, which is to say, okay, if we know that list has to be created, and we know that it's out there for a reason, and the reason is to make us all aware of the things that are affecting our community adversely, so that we can put the, the things in place to keep those emergencies from happening to begin with, right? And I and so I know that's a little bit rambly on my part, but the point I I'm trying to make is that the the issue of food security, we know from talking to state police and and law enforcement on on a lot of different levels that abuse and neglect and issues are happening in the home directly related to the stress caused by not having enough food or enough resources to feed your kids and what that does to parents and what that does to to grandparents and other people in the household who are charged with figuring this out but not having the resources to do it that 
kind of stress. And again, we hear this anecdotally, and, and we know we need more data to draw that line. But but it's so critical for people to realize what's happening to those kids in those environments and that providing food, taking hunger off the table, really would change that positively. Rick, I want you to respond to Jerry, but I want you to do it across uh, the break. Give, us, give me a chance to uh, get us out and get us back in. This is uh, Food for Thought, heard on WJR. We'll be right back. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Rick, you just heard Jerry's, um, every once in a while he does that. He goes on a little <laughs> um, sermonette, or, or, um, but he's right. He's right. It is that yeah. toxic stress that, that people find themselves under when they don't have enough resources to provide food and let alone the right kinds of food uh and 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 then it just you know it just is a ripple effect across that and we'd like to get your perspective specifically about ace as it relates to food insecurity in the home sure sure i i think uh first of all uh, just going back to you know the public health code and, and the listing of items uh I know the drafters intended it to be a dynamic process, so it's going to change as, as circumstances change within our society. So I, I, I think it's incumbent upon folks to, yeah, we should we should look at it uh, differently than we did 10 years ago. So that's there. Secondly, I, I agree uh, on the issue of food security. And, and when you look at the ACE study and the ACE screening tool that's used, you know, part of the questions that are, you know, when, when folks are interviewed, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about the ACE screening tool in a second as well, um, you know, they, they get into the questions of, you know, as a child, did you have uh, anxiety or issues related to your next meal? Did you know? I mean, obviously, if, if you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, it creates stress. So you've got issues of simple access to food, and then you've got issues of, uh, you know, related to the wrong type of uh, food. Uh, uh, so, you know, it, 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 it's out there, but it's clearly one of the issues of neglect uh, that's part of the ACE study. So it, it counts up to the the ACE score that individuals will have. Um, so I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Jerry on that, and, and it's, it's you know, a, a, an essential piece of the ACE uh, criteria, ACE study, ACE screening tool. So as we try to address uh, how we can take the data from adverse childhood experiences and begin to reduce the prevalence of ACE in society, and that's a multi-generational approach. You, know, you have to address with parents sure. and grandparents as well as children. Uh, then we're going to have a significant impact, future impact uh, of uh, improvements in healthcare and health status, and part of that's going to, you know, presumably be uh, uh, one of the solutions has to be dealing with food and food supply and, and adequacy and consistency of having that supply available. That's a pretty exciting vision of a of a community right there, Rick. I, I like that a lot. Well, and I think. This is where it gets really exciting, and, and I've been in healthcare, you know, 35, 40 years. I 
I don't want to count them up too much. <laughs> um, but but when you start looking at uh, you know what we pay for in healthcare in Michigan, and, and you know just as a data data point, uh, we spend as a state probably in excess of probably close to seventy billion dollars now. I would say on healthcare. This is health insurance. This is Medicare, Medicaid, uh, commercial insurance, employer-based insurance, out-of-pocket costs, things of that nature. I mean, huge amount of money. And I think everyone would agree we're not getting, you know, uh, enough value out of that investment. In fact, we're spending it on, on uh, you know, chronic disease and conditions that we know can be prevented if we get ahead of it. And when you start looking at prevention, you know, one of the major preventive initiatives, I believe, is is adverse childhood experiences and reducing the prevalence in society. And one of the things that the ACE study has done, I don't know, as you've read, the, uh, prepared for this uh, session, uh, you get into what what's common in the public health field as population attributable risk, which, which then relates to, okay, we know what the prevalence of ACE is in the study. We know its relationship to help, you know future disease. What if we do the reverse and take uh, the prevalence out of society? You know, what impact does that have on healthcare? And you know, you start seeing that, you know, if you start reducing ACE in, in our society, you're going to significantly reduce smoking prevalence, workplace injuries, drinking and driving, cancer rates, cardiovascular disease, alcoholism, depression, asthma, diabetes, and, and a number of things that uh, we as society are paying tremendously for. And if you talk about health care costs, and we're certainly having that debate statewide and nationally, you know, this is the conversation we should be having. And not to mention, you know, you it, it's, it, it's that list of things that you just gave us. We're talking about the quality of people's life. These are human beings who are going through life with cancer, who are going through life with addiction and depression. These are human beings that we work with, that are in our families, that we have to be at weddings with. I mean, you know, these are people we interact with. These aren't strangers and statistics in some report. These are human beings who we love and, and care about. And so, you know, that the weight of the who we're talking about affects every single listener right now. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it's it's so important that we keep in mind that, you know, this affects our life every single day. Yeah. And yeah. and it's a huge deal. It, it is, Jerry. And, and, you know, when we put our initiative together and received our grant funding, one of the things we wanted to do was not, not come at it from a pure health care point of view, because this goes way beyond health care. It deals, right. as you say, with right. quality of life. Deals with education attainment. You know, children, if they have adverse experiences, are not able, in many instances, to fully attain the educational levels that they should be at. It deals with our correctional systems and juvenile uh, justice issues. You know, we we have way too many adolescents and, and young individuals in the correction facilities. They don't need to be there if we can get ahead of some of the issues where you deal with that. Uh, uh, brain development and the ability to make uh, decisions uh, in society. So I, I, I think this, it, 
you know, I, I can't agree with you more. This this is a, a societal issue. It goes way beyond health care. It deals with quality of life. And I'm, I'm just excited to be part of trying to, you know, move the needle on this issue uh, here in Michigan. Well, we're excited to have you on the show, Rick. And uh, it's amazing to me as I sit and listen to you speak. And uh, again, the, the material that I've gathered from uh, from. Prof- for preparing for the show today, the parallel course between the Michigan Association of Health Plans and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. As we're looking to uh, seize this opportunity uh, of preventing ACEs and their intergenerational transmission. And and you you and Jerry are having that conversation here, and I'm just excited to see our blueprint to solve hunger in Michigan running right alongside uh, the Michigan ACE initiative. And I think that we probably uh, should have further conversations uh, on the show, but also off the show, and to see how we can complement each other's work, and specifically with some advocacy work that uh, I think we would have commonality in. I would appreciate that and look forward to it. Great. He's Rick Murdoch, and he is the Michigan ACE Initiative Grant Coordinator for the Michigan Association of Health Plans, and he's been our guest today here on Food for Thought. Rick, thanks so much for your time and your expertise. Thanks for investing your one handful of life in this issue that matters to so many Michiganders. Thanks. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Uh, Rick Murdoch was our guest, Jerry, and uh, a little bit of parallel there between what the Food Bank Council and our network is doing and what the Michigan Association of Health Plans is doing through this ACE initiative. What was your thoughts? Well, there's so much to take from the study that's been done and what it's launched and and what we've learned. And and I do think that we've gotten so much smarter in our work than we were even just a few short years ago, drawing the lines between what happens if you don't fix problems for children Hmm. and what the potential is then if you do. And one of the biggest things I took from the whole conversation with, with Rick was, you know, we have got to get on top of the problems we can solve, especially when food is plentiful. It's reasonably uh, cost-efficient to solve this problem. We have the systems in place to reach the families that are enduring the toxic stress of food insecurity. And so the only thing that's keeping us from taking this issue off the table is the will to do it. And so I just find myself at least internally going, let's not be the group that knows what the problem is, knows how to fix it, and just says, ah, well, let's do something else. Let's not be that group. Let's be the group that says, we have enough information. We know what happens if you don't fix the toxic stress of food insecurity. We know how to fix it. Let's go fix it. Yeah, I like that, Jerry. I like that a lot. I And I think that is a, a way for us to walk into this initiative and add real value to it. Again, I don't think that the adverse childhood experience is different than other problems that people we're serving are facing and dealing with. And again, I got to just say that if you looked at creating food security first in this person's life, you probably take a gigantic step 
toward relieving that toxic stress environment and really creating an atmosphere where they were going to be able to help themselves. And the other takeaway for me really is this is something common between us all. No matter what your background is, you can relate to someone who's had an awful experience and find a way to be compassionate and empathetic. And so as we think about all the reasons for, for solving food insecurity, and we know the, the bottom line numbers financially make sense, and we know the healthcare outcomes make sense, but as just people who know each other, work with each other, and and live amongst each other, it makes sense to solve this for that reason too. There's so many really important reasons for tackling this issue. Let's get it done. So here's some food for thought. I've said in some circumstances in my life, particularly in college, that, quote, rules are made to be broken, end quote. But here's one rule we should never break, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the universal code of how to treat people adopted by every major religion in the world. Christianity says, all things whatsoever you do that men should do to you, do you also to them. Confucius said, do not do to others what you would not like yourself. Buddha said, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. And even the followers of Hinduism say, do not unto others what you would not have them do unto you. Islam says, no one no one of you is a believer until he desires for his brother that which he desires for himself. And finally, Judaism says, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow man. This is the entire law. All the rest is commentary. So regarding this rule and the adverse childhood experience of food insecurity, let's covet together. We will never break this rule. Thanks for listening. And until next week, food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. <laughs>